Down in the heat of Texas, there was a family business. A trombone playing stranger. And the kids that took candy from him. Dean, what did you do? Because I gave Charnel a heart attack. This you is, got a tiptoe. This is D. Hey. This is Charnel, and welcome back to What Did You Do, guys? Uh, it's uh feels good to be back. It's been what two weeks? Yes, it feels like such a long time. Uh, it was a long two weeks. is a long time. If, if, if you're you a serial killer, it's a long time. I mean, you could do a lot of damage in two weeks. Two hours. I mean, How are your closets doing? Uh, my closets are they full? Um, not at the moment. Oh. I thought you were referencing me, and I was like, shade. No, I was like, like last we talked oh. about. <laughs> I was like, I'm not behind anyone's closet doors. <laughs> um, but no, the closets are fine. Most of them are, in fact, full of things. What, <laughs> what things? Things that no one needs to know. So it's my business. It was my business. Just know that I let you come in and go as you please. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I'm alive. I'm still here. Right? For the time being. <laughs> Episode five, who knows? There. <laughs> You guys better listen because I might die. Right. You better follow follow you D on social rid- media to make sure she's still here. <laughs> he might get rid of his calls. Like- like, I'm like, oh D, what's your um what's your what's your passwords just in case something happens? <laughs> so I could follow up and be like, man, it's so nice being alive. Sign D. <laughs> like, man, guys, I've never breathed so much in my life. <laughs> Y'all better call me because social media is not enough. Let me call. I'm going to be like, hi, I'm D. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. This got really creepy. Terrible. I know it did, but we're talking about a very, very creepy fucking person today. And I'm really excited because this is our like made. this is our first like major case, major, yeah, major killer, killer, big gun. Candy Bay. Big kahuna. Candy Bay. He my bay. You candy know what the fuck, the fuck that part? First, first of all, I'm super excited. Spoiler alert. Gay dude. I'm super Candy excited about Bay. that. Candy Gabe. <laughs> Candy Gabe. I'm super excited about that because I don't know. I just, it's always been a thing for me. Like, like we heard of the John Wayne Gacy's of the world and the Jeffrey Dahmer that everyone always knows is yeah. like, and you can ascribe th- certain things to people's character about like, oh, they're queer. So this is what they are. But Dean Coral is a special kind of fucked up type of gay and killer sorry and just start spreading propaganda (laughs) like he's a special kind of fucked up gay like what um but no so we're gonna talk about dean coral yeah on this episode at least this this is part one of dean coral full name dean arnold coral palmer what arnold (laughs) i hate you you gotta keep up. I'm somebody's auntie. Leave me alone. You keep using that excuse that you're someone's aunt. I'm auntie age. Okay. I'm someone's uncle six times over, and I'm still here. I'm not someone's present and accounted for. I'm not for. even an auntie. That's the joke. You're terrible. You want to be an auntie so bad. I'm auntie age. I'm we, approaching. It's you, time for my sister to have you were aunt, You were auntie age at like 18, technically, so it doesn't it's, matter. It's fine. It's Either way. Okay, so we're discussing Dean Coral. <laughs> Uh, Dean Coral, he was a, uh, a rapist and serial killer responsible for the murders of 27 boys and young men ages 13 to 20 in about a three-year span, um, was that, 1969 to 1973? 72? 73. 73, so a four-year span, maybe. He, he got, he really worked hard for what he did. Like, he put, he put dedication and time. <laughs> Because he had a good 29 victims. So hey, 29. He, oh, that's right. They, yeah. The number went up. In, in the t- yeah, there was just a new one. So in the time span, which is 69, you said? I think it started in... They, they don't, they're not really sure. So yeah. they want to say he started around 69, 1970. 73. That's four years. All right. That's a long time victims. to get done. He really worked hard. Um, I guess in Houston, everything really is bigger in Texas. I don't know. You Why know, we you- discussed this. And if I had that kind of work ethic, I would be Oprah. This is very true, but also we, <laughs> last episode you were talking about how the crazy people get all the. <laughs> so yeah, take everything there is D says with a grain of salt. to learn from everybody. There is something to talk about. So are we gonna? There's a lot of this. A lot of this was found online. There's articles written out the ass about Dean Corp. You went looking for him. There he are was documentaries ama- that I found. Oh, like there's too. so many documentaries. Some of them are so boring though. Oh yeah, I mean, if you don't know the right, if you don't know how to present the information properly. It, you'll fall I fell asleep, asleep to a yeah. good YouTube one. But there's a there's a book that you can also reference that I referenced 
um, that The Man with the Candy, the story of the Houston Mass Murders, is written by Jack Olson. Um, it's kind of, well, you gotta do what you gotta do, yeah, right? Okay. It's kind of, it's kind Literature. of old school, the way it's written. It's kind of, they try to be, there's details in there, but it's kind mm-hmm. of, uh, you know. What year was it written? God, I don't remember. It wasn't long afterward, though. Oh, probably. The That's 80s? why. Um, well. it's just the way the information is presented. Like, there are certain sensibilities, um, in, times prior to where we live now that people were trying to be respectful of things and it was weird it was weirdly written there was detail but it was like let's bounce around this like no give me what happened no. but we're gonna get it so we're gonna we'll talk about it. dean today and we're gonna talk about dean from the time he was a wee wee little lad yes a his, lowercase his, g a lowercase s <clears throat> serial killer pedophile rapist he's a lot ray, he wore a lot of hats ray, ray of sunshine Ray of oh, okay. He was, <laughs> candy gay bay. He's candy gay bay for somebody. Somebody's candy gay bay. Gay- he wasn't mine. I'm not saying <laughs> I, if I mean, if I met Dean Coral in 2017, he would not be my bay. Like, that's what I'm saying. It wouldn't be. Was he? I don't think he was ugly. That's the problem, though. I think he, I think people regarded him as handsome, the same way yeah. they did Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, yeah. the way no, we I see. I think Jeffrey Dahmer was so, uh, handsome, though. I don't. I think he was. I think, I think that. Not my type. Well, if I okay, so full disclosure, uh, <laughs> I was like looking at Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, there was an interview, a uh, court proceeding or something I watched, mm-hmm. and he was there in like a striped blue shirt, and his hair was brushed, and I was like, Jeffrey Dahmer is kind of handsome. So this you would have swiped right. I would have swiped right if I didn't know he was a murderer. Like, I mean, he would have taken a rapist. Me out too, but and I'm, I'm, I'm just the type. So I. Would, <laughs> Loves those black boys. But anyway. we're not talking about him today. We're talking about Dean. So we're going to start at a young, 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 young baby, infant, zygote, fetus, Dean Coral. We're going to start right us though. off with the with the childhood of yes, yes, yes. mass murderer. So he was born, <laughs> get this, he was born December 24th, 1939, right before Jesus. Well, that's historically inaccurate <laughs> because Jesus wasn't born in 1939. <laughs> Don't let, I mean, like, you know what I mean. And, uh, you know, like, it, it, they said he wasn't really born in, like, wintertime either, but that's okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean like, who knows? I mean, that's, uh, just just know if you believe that thing that Jesus showed up. <laughs> but <laughs> he, listen, he made it. <laughs> right, right. But the day before Christmas, what, is the, what a gift. What Some a gift. The day at Christmas. <laughs> this Dean was a will gift. kill boys. <laughs> playing with shovels like kids play with toys. I don't know why everyone feels One the need to sing on every show Because in. in Texas, our hearts will cry. <laughs> Those <laughs> lyrics actually work. The, the words is lyrics will our hearts I mean, will sing, I think you should sing the whole song parody at the end of this episode. I will try. <laughs> but he was a gift for Mary Robinson and Arnold Edwin Corell. So, um, Coral. Coral? Did I? Listen, listen, my Haitian accent is going to come out. What just happened? I don't know. My <laughs> Haitian accent. So, growing up, he was a shy kid, um, serious child. He rarely socialized with other children. Um, in high school, he was a trombone player, but um, <laughs> this may come in handy later. That's disgusting, actually, because that's you are so terrible. I can't. There's, I, I, you know what I have to do? I have to turn off the social worker PC thing because it doesn't work when talking about murder and killing and rape. You just, it just, it's so hard to do it. I, I'm good at turning it off. So let's let's. I'll t- let me let me let me step in. Tag me in. So there's. Wait wait wait! Before it's like wait, you're 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 becoming problematic. Let me get in here. But before I want to say this, because I wanted this is an interesting fact. I feel like serial killers always have some like traumatic like sickness, head injury, something that happened. But apparently, he suffered from an undiagnosed case of rheumatoid fever, rheumatic fever. fever. I don't know words. Okay, not today. I don't know what happened. No sleep. <laughs> and they also find a, a heart murmur, so he couldn't. This is kind of like how you become the loser kid. He you can, isolate. You have to be isolated. Yeah. You can't do gym you class. Do, you, you can't, can't do, do recess. Class. You can't. Like, so further, you're playing the trombone. I think it was 11. Yeah. And so then, they still had recess-ish type deals back then, I yeah, think. Yeah, I'm like, this is how you become the loser. Yeah, I mean, we can call him a loser because he's a fucking killer. But that too. I, know, I was like, you don't want to call. But if you're a kid now and you have some medical, medical complexities, it doesn't make you a loser. It just makes... You know, you different. What's really uh, strange, though, it says that he showed concern for the well-beings of others. Well, this is the thing. So we need to talk about Dean because Dean is an anomaly. Yeah. And a lot Dean. of times, in cases of serial killers, you're right. There is some kind of traumatic experience. There's a head injury. There's mm-hmm. abuse, whether that be just physical or sexual. And Dean 
Again, besides this, the fever. But this is also this is also the accounts of people around him, people who didn't pay much attention to him, teachers right, right. and his mother. Yeah. Um, and you know how mommy's that's my baby. You know, your your special little boy can do no wrong. Well, but we she also was need especially to, close to him as well. And we also need to talk about why, because Mary couldn't keep a man. Now there is <laughs> there is some Mary it, was a rolling stone. She was, so we need to tell him <laughs> that. So uh Dean's childhood was kind of kind of marked by the constant fighting in the home. Home. The parents couldn't get along. They d- divorced in 1942. Um, and then Mary had sold the family home, moved into a trailer park in Memphis, Tennessee. You got to love the South, man. Um, and because Arnold was drafted into the Air Force and she wanted the boys to maintain a relationship with them. So now we've got, you know, we got shy, kind of aloof little Dean, Dean being uprooted and moved from Fort Wayne, Indiana to Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Dad, like, house is in an uproar because, you know, his mom and Parents dad are divorced. Are together, yep. And dad is in the Air Force. Is daddy coming home? I don't know, baby. I don't know if daddy coming home. Oh, Lord, I hope daddy come home. I don't know why I'm giving characters. This is terrible. <laughs> um, but no, so you're right. So there, he had a little, he had a little, a little, uh, trauma in his life but not so much that you would think it would knock him into the serial killer range not but, at all but and you're right people I mean, said and I feel like he had the whole parent trap go happen because they got remarried they got remarried and not for again. long I mean, <laughs> like, they tried but he had the whole parent trap scenario it must have been a dream at one point um, and then Mama got remarried again to somebody else. Yeah, we're not there yet. But you're right. She well, did. Me. But so in 1950, um, Arnold and Mary reconciled. This was after this is after his heart murmur was discovered, yes, yes, yes. and and they got remarried and they relocated the family to Pasadena, Texas. Oh man, don't you just love Pasadena? But ultimately, he ended up divorcing again in 1953 with Mary keeping custody of the two boys. And the divorce was described as amicable. You yeah, know, they're like, I mean, look, this is just not going to work. Is, yeah, this, you know for sure. <laughs> like, this is the second time. This is what I charm. do with all my relationships. Just making sure. And the boys stayed in touch with their dad. Like, it was mm-hmm. like, you know, it's one of those things. That, it's one of those co-parenting relationships that should fucking work. Right. <laughs> like, this is how you do it, I guess. Do it like the Corals did. Or not. Because they did. Do it like do it like Arnold and Mary did it. Don't do it like Dean did it, please. I mean, or not. Or not? I don't know where his trauma comes from. Well, maybe this, something. This is this is going to talk about like mm-hmm. mental wellness and mm-hmm. like, do you need to have trauma to be mentally ill? No. So we're, we're going to get to it. Let's go into teenage Dean, which is my favorite Dean. Dean. So you talked about it. You mentioned it. Mary remarried a traveling clock salesman because her standards are super fucking low. I mean, named listen. Jake West, which is a cool ass name. You had two kids. Yeah. <laughs> he had two two kids, married okay. well, technically married twice, <laughs> divorced twice, and one of your kids are kind of awkward. He's off, you know. <laughs> so, so she married she married a, a traveling clock salesman again, um, named Jake West, and the family moved to Vidor, Texas. So Vidor, you, did you read about Vidor? Um, I barely, but it's like I the know. sundown. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and to this day, it's still. Black people don't go there. So uh, if you guys don't know what a sundown town, sundown town is, a sundown town is basically a place where if you are a minority person of color, um, visibly queer person, mm-hmm. it is not safe for you to be there once the sun goes down. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that's something antiquated and fucked up left over from segregation times, mm-hmm. Jim Crow era. And because of your, when you're a small town in deep Texas, mm-hmm. you don't really have to integrate because no one was no, there okay. most um, black folks were coming and going they weren't staying so there's to, a lot of white supremacy still running rampant in Vider, Texas. i was gonna say to this day like there's some like you know high schools that are in the area that are predominantly black that would you know travel in to play the high school there that won't go right they're just like, like i'm not going to no it's i not shit true. i played basketball and my city is pretty fucking diverse <laughs> and they weren't calling calls on me and I'm like, well, they don't love me. They don't like me. Now imagine being the black person in a sea of people that you know have a clan hood tucked in their back pocket right. and expecting someone to give a damn about your well-being on a court. Bitch, you better hope you make it to the bus right. in Vider, Texas. Right, right. So what I'm saying is stay out of Vider, Texas. If you're listening from Vider, Texas, why are you still there? Like, and, why are you still racist? But this is one of those things where you can like what black folks do and not like black people. So you can like our podcast and hate us. This is true. Like, if you're from Vider, why are you listening? There's those people, like, those people who will sleep with black dudes. Like, I love black dudes. Like, and then say racist shit. Like, <laughs> love black dick. Doesn't count. We're not there. Uh, <laughs> I don't think any of Dean's victims are black. No. 
So, um, I mean, well. <laughs> I mean Texas, okay. Houston yeah, Heights. I mean, it's a low-income area, which is, we'll talk about it. Yeah. So let's talk. She married, she remarried and moved to Vider, Texas, or Vidor, Texas, where Mary and Jake had Dean's younger sister, half-sister, Joyce, in 1955. I want to go look at these people. Like, they're still alive, right? They should be. Yeah. yeah. I know. I think I his know. mother died. His mom, yeah. His yeah. mom died, but I think her, his sister is still alive. His sister would be not much older than our parents. Yeah. At this sure point, oh, well, as you would change your name. Well, she 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 got she's married. A West. Oh, that's right. She she, she, she is a West. Really had a yeah. So uh, we want to talk about how Candy Bay became Candy Bay because okay. Mary and Jake they opened a well a small candy company called Pecan Prince. Come on, Pecan. I'm gonna um, use that as my like as my Tinder name, <laughs> my OK Cupid name. Like Pecan Prince. Come get this Pecan Prince. Prince. They're brown. <laughs> I assuming I'm allergic to them, but I'm assuming they're delicious because people eat them. Are you really? Yeah. So come come get this allergy, bay bitch. Like, I was gonna I don't say know. somebody's gonna come in with a pie. <laughs> I got this for you, trying to be cute and clever, and you're and like, kills I'm gonna me. die. Right. EpiPen <laughs> on standby. So they operated this business out of the family garage. They started there uh, while Dean was attending school. Um, the family business was around Houston, so people from Houston would come. Um, later on, they relocated there and opened up the candy store there. So um, he graduated from high school, and he started to work for the family business. As you would. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I'm, I'm part of me. This is... I mean, this, if we're going to, this is why you can't have social workers and like, the show, something, if we're talking about socioeconomic benefits <laughs> and privileges, like if your parents own a business, now you right away have retail experience, yeah. sales experience, management experience, straight out of high and school. And you know what he did and with all that well experience? Murdered babies. <laughs> yeah. He murdered, murdered and raped little boys. But you know what? I'm just saying. I'm not saying that he wasn't terrible. I'm just saying that you're, this you're is right. a this is a benefit. He could have used all those skills. He could have used to be all a better human being. Skills, but he sure did not. And I, there's also a, he takes on a trade later on in life that I'm not sure he had training for. I just I don't know <laughs> how it happened, but we'll talk about. Could you imagine it. if he came into your mm. right? Anyway. So after he after he graduated, he uh, started working for the family business. But also in 1960, Dean up and moved. To Indiana to live with his grandparents. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. So he moved to live with his grandparents where he stayed for about two years and even had an intimate relationship with a local girl. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Who proposed yes. to Dean. Yes. And he said, not I. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't know what you thought this was. And booked it back to Houston and moved into an apartment above the Pecan Prince. Well, later on in 1963, the Pecan Prince becomes the Coral Candy Company. She divorced uh, Jake West, and um, yeah, they opened the ca- her own candy shop. Forgot yes, independent for, woman. Forget your pecan prints. I don't need it. And I she- don't need your pecans prints. Opened the Coral Candy Company. I see a strong woman who don't need no pecan prints. Not at all. She started to employ some teenage males to work there, including Dean. Dean was. Uh, working there, and Dean started to make inappropriate sexual advantage towards the teenage male, and the mom fired the young man. Yeah, he was like, listen, um, your son is doing some things, shaking some things at me. Dean is rubbing stuff. I mean, if you if it was 2017, Dean would have had no choice but to go. But mama <laughs> runs it. This is that right. not my baby syndrome that moms of yeah. serial killers tend to run into. I was like, well, I didn't raise him to be like this, so I know my boy not no queer. Yeah. I know my boy's not no queer. You the queer. You want my boy to be a queer. So you need to leave. Yeah. Like what? Him. Get the fuck out. Don't and come back. I mean, good for you. But I mean, you got out. <laughs> Thank God that you got out. Yeah, that's the yeah. point. You live to tell the tale. So let's talk about how we don't ask and we don't tell. <laughs> because <laughs> Dean went on to the military. I feel like this could have been like a lucrative like career for him if he stayed. I mean, he could have done his stuff stop no there's no money there's no lucrative anything when you're when it comes to like overseas maybe rape it's still rape like it's still not cute so dean was drafted into the u.s army august 10th 1964 and was assigned to fort polk louisiana for basic training 
then sent to Fort Bennings in Georgia before being permanently assigned to Fort Hood in Texas as a radio repairman. This motherfucker has no skill set. What's up? Like, he's, his resume looks like mine. Um, <laughs> All of well, It's uh, like you had three. How are you doing four different things? There's one thing that's not on your resume. And that will never be on my resume. <laughs> praise God. Uh, it was during this time that Dean had his first gay sexual experiences yes he realized that he was a homosexual i really well, i don't know if he realized it i just think that's he just what they said i don't i just time. think he had it i just think he started having Acting gay yeah i don't think he wanted to acknowledge his homosexuality i think that comes out later on in the story down the line mm-hmm. of the other relationships he maintained mm-hmm. during this time so he was he was he was a little bit of a down low brother so, i mean it is houston texas in the 60s we'll go into it later but i don't like how some well, people will think the two are mutually ex- exclusive. What do you mean? The pedophilia. And oh, they the... I, they are mutually exclusive. Oh, you're thinking like, I know like, what you're trying you to say. Like, they they like, are. You can be, you can be gay yeah, and not be a pedophile. Yeah, they are mutually exclusive. You can be, you can be, I mean, there, I'm sure not. there are people who are both queer and pedophiles. But, but when people not, think of homosexuality, they think. Especially in 1960s Texas. Yeah. So the truth is, I don't think. This is why he's not my favorite. But this is also why Dean has probably got away with it. Because if people thought Dean was queer, Dean probably wouldn't be allowed to hang out with all the young kids. Because yeah. people viewed gay people as predators. Yeah. So why would you let him, your kids playing out with him in spaces? And I'm going to Dean's house. They're like, okay, cool. Like, they, they wouldn't have done <laughs> you that. You really so, love this Southern accent. I grew up with a Southern grandma. <laughs> and all, all my old, old aunties are from, like, Arkansas and Missouri. Oh, there you and go, so I can't do it. So I'm like, I can pick up on theirs. It's been years since I've heard them sound like that. Like every word, every word that ends in A has to end in ER instead. <laughs> like, let me get that banana. Er, it's like er. It's never like banana. Oh, or if your last name, like your last name, your first name, it end in ER. Oh, yeah. It'd be like My it's just ugly. Name, yeah. Like it's just not your oh. name, but it's just ugly adding oh. ER and everything. I love Southern twangs. If you're listening, you have a Southern twang, feel free to tweet us a uh, audio file. Right, <laughs> right, swipe right on me. I love Southern accents. I dated some... Never mind. I don't. Anyways. <laughs> so either way, <laughs> went to Army, his first gay experiences. And reports say that Dean hated the military, hated serving. And he applied for a hardship discharge on the basis that he needed to help his mom run the family candy company. His request was granted on June 11, 1965, after only 10 months of service. So Dean goes back home. <laughs> as as most of us wish we probably could. Yeah. Once we found I out mean, what bills were. Right, right. <laughs> and he resumed working for the family candy company. It was then he got the name The Candy Man. Or the Pied Piper. And the Pied Piper. But we call him Candy Gay, but hey. If, if motherfuckers call you the Pied Piper, you are a predator. Uh, you, <laughs> I was thinking of R&B. I was like, R. Kelly. Hello, R. Kelly. Like, if you are we Pied Piper. We got a friend for you. He was like, we need to not, like, don't nickname anyone the Pied Piper. If you are an upstanding person, just just say that you're good at I what I mean, I'm does. pretty sure if you get the name Pied Piper, though, it's because you're not upstanding. Do you know Do you know the history of the Pied Piper? Like, you ever listen the to a- The Roaring of the Kids? Did you, did you listen, you ever listen to Lore? No. Um, the first time I ever heard about the actual story of the Pied Piper. So is most it traumatic. Of course it is. So, <laughs> so the Pied Piper, essentially the story goes that they had all these rats and they paid someone to you know blow blow his home. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. They paid someone to play his flute and get the rats out and blow they didn't Right. Out. Stop it. And they pay they didn't pay him, so he came back and he, you know, lured all their kids out. Mm-hmm. Slaughtered them. Um, so the real story isn't that, I guess the real story is that around this, not the same time, the real story, I can't, I don't think it was Russia. Mm-hmm. I think there was like, they were trying to colonize. They were trying to, you know, yeah. to populate certain areas that were like the same thing the U.S. did. They were giving people money to move out West to start populating states with just a whole shit ton of land. So they were just offering people land. Yeah. And what they were doing, these explorers were coming through and these officials were coming through and saying, Hey, we really want to populate this land. And people were like, well, we're kind of okay with where we are. What you could do is give us the money for our kids and our kids can go and settle this land. And so they sold off their children in exchange for, you know, settlers and for money. What happened to the babies? So what happened was people would come through town and notice that there were no kids. Like there are very few kids in town. Yeah. And so what they did was they made up a story that over time became folklore that people would come in. And coerce their kids into leaving. 
stole their kids in the dead of night. And that's how oh, the Pied Piper story, story came into play. Well, it became this kind of euphemistic, sweet story as opposed to to wait, keep wait, kids wait, from... What happened to the kids that they did take? They settled time? on the eastern side of Russia or western part of Russia or some shit like that. They went to live there. They didn't die. or I'm sure they died on the way and died because they didn't know how to live, but... That's the story. So to populate this area, what were they? They sold off their kids is the point. And this and the Pied Piper, the Pied Piper story was created out of them needing to cover up the fact that they sold off their kids because they were poor. What happened to the children. There's there's a whole story. So I'll, I'll look it up. <laughs> go look it up, please. We're not talking about it now, but it's like the Pied Piper just does not have it's a good not con- a good name. It's does not, not have a good connotation. Doesn't have a good context ever. Leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, the Candyman. I the, I'm, I'm brought back to the Christina Aguilera song. I wanted to sing it, but I will not. He's a sweet and chocolate sugar-coated candy man. There you go. That's a friend like me. I don't know how I went right to Aladdin. Never mind. Coral Coral returned to Houston. (laughs) We're terrible. To go back to working at the candy company, where a little after his return home, the company had moved to 22nd Street, across the street from a, can you guess, an elementary school. Escuela. Okay. Come on, bilinguals. (laughs) Dean was known to give free candy to all the local children, but teenaged boys in particular. Candy. I don't. This is this is the sixties. I've like. There's I work a with a lot of things that happened back then. Right? I mean, I work with teenage kids now, and I'm thinking like teenage boys. You can't coerce them with anything. Not at all. Like I'm. Like, like, do you have an iPhone? Like candy like, won't do it. Like do you have. Don't like that's why we've stopped telling kids not to take candy from strangers because people why. know that like candy. I mean, if kid. I mean, if you're eating prunes and dates and like shit and at home and someone's like, I got a Jolly Rancher, you're like, well, bitch, what the rain that shit over here? But now it's like, unless you got a PS4 with Assassin's Creed Origins, I'm not even speaking to you. Right. (laughs) Like, so it's just times have changed is the point. But Coral Candy Company employed a small workforce. And Dean was obviously, because he's fucking Dean, was known to be extremely flirtatious towards several teen boys. He went as far as to install a pool table in the back of the factory. Don't get my candy. Stop it. Stop, because it's not fun. (laughs) I'm trying so hard to not be problematic, and it's just not going to work. I'm like the worst. You are like the black female Henry Zabrowski. A little bit. I'm not sure how I feel about it. That's the best part. It's a compliment, I think. Yeah, it's like the best part of last podcast all right but so he he installed a pool table where employees and the local kids would come hang out and shoot the shit um he's said to have a room called the pounding room where he'd go in and shut the door while he was angry no one knows what he did but he came out in much better mood well i mean i have a pounding room it's called my bedroom and i usually shut the door and i come out eight hours later refreshed and ready to take on i don't think he did the same things that you did what do you what do you I'm 100% sure Dean did the same thing I do in my powder room. You sob, you sob a little bit. You put your head on your pillow. And I don't think that's what he Say did. a few prayers. That's not Think what about it. your favorite food and gently drift off into sleep. Hmm? No? <laughs> so we, we have to talk about when Dean. Ooh, stop this. So Dean in 1967. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired of your shit. In 1967, he had befriended a 12-year-old sixth-grade student named David Brooks. Yes, David Brooks. He was a sixth-grade student, uh, one of the many children that um, Dean would give candy to. So, I'm tired. (laughs) Did we say that we weren't going to do things about kid anymore? I tried so hard. But Dean was so interesting. Because Dean, again, Dean... Dean had Dean had like the 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 creepy uncle vibe that you, you I don't know if you had uncles like this or people in your family or family friends they were like where the where are the kids at I'm like he's in there with Dean oh don't leave them kids with Dean and you'd go get the kids from <laughs> like you never okay so when I was growing up that was a thing because yeah, we talk yeah, about how black folks yeah, keep yeah. secrets yeah um yeah. so instead of getting the predator out the fuck the family you used to protect the predator and by keeping the kids away. it doesn't matter we so, never let the uncle go by the kids. Right, we were just like, where the fuck are them babies at? Oh, they in there. Nah, not my baby. Hold on. <laughs> but uh, so David Brooks, one of the kids who received candy from Dean, but he would befriend Dean, and Dean would start, and uh, David would start to see Dean as more of a father Five figure. Years. And he would take trips with Dean to South Texas and would get motorcycle rides and would also, you know, Dean would let him ride the motorcycle by himself in the way that an older sibling or like a father figure would kind of. 
you know, kind of build a relationship mm-hmm. and rapport. Mm-hmm. But also, what we also need to understand is happening here due to Dean's deviant ass behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dean was grooming David. Yeah, basically. this is something. And if you guys don't know what grooming is, do you want to explain it? You want me to explain it? Go ahead and explain it. So grooming, yes, you think grooming would be keeping your hair clean, keeping your dog's hair untangled and clean. But grooming also means preparing a kid or luring a kid into a false sense of security and well-being so that there's a power dynamic established that you can convince the kid to let things happen, usually abusive things. So this was even easier because um, Brooke's dad, uh, he uh, was the, the parents were divorced. and Yeah, broken home. Yeah, the dad lived in Houston, and the mom uh, relocated to Beaumont. So Beaumont, Be- whatever. It's Beaumont. I you never heard of Beaumont, Texas? I am Southern. I am Caribbean. Well, one of us is. I guess my bloodline <laughs> runs through the South. Yeah, I'm not from. Blood- I'm definitely from the Northeast. I'm. <laughs> I am not a Southern boy at all. But Beaumont, Texas. Mm-hmm. I wish I could do a good Texas accent and all that there. I don't, I don't <laughs> do that at all, so I'm a little jealous. Oh, it's fun. So, but yeah, so you're right. They, you know, his mom did live in Beaumont and so about like, 85 miles right. outside of. So there's Houston. no one really watching David and he needs a little love and attention and parental figure. And that's where, uh, Dean came in. Yeah. And for a little bit. And then Dean, uh, then David, uh, dropped out of high school in 1970 yep. and moved in with his mom in Beaumont, Texas for a bit. But whenever he would visit Houston, he'd always drop in to visit Dean. Who would let him crash at his place if he ever wanted to. And it became a second home. Yeah, a full and second home. Again, false sense of security and well-being that you lure kids into. Mm-hmm. He's like, this person would never hurt me, and especially if you don't understand. And in the 60s, where sex education and like good and bad touches were never really discussed. Mm-hmm. Like Some things, if you don't have family, you don't have people that care about you, when someone shows an interest in you and someone sh- shows that they love you, you tend to lean and on, the, and on them, and you tend to do things that they ask you to do because you think it's normal. Right. Or you think this is what love is, and you've never had this you think before. they're being protective mm-hmm. and guiding you in the right way. And they're showing you, like I said, the attention that probably the parents weren't. So. Right. And so this came to a head when Dean finally crossed the line. I can't say anything about candy canes. I'm not going to say anything about candy canes. Because that's where it started. Oh, no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm okay. So I'll take this part. So you don't have to. So, <laughs> because I can't, I can't, I can't stand you right now. So eventually at Dean's insistence, a sexual relationship developed between the two with Dean paying Brooks again, paying to say, I still to, like my candy cane reference. I know. I understand. <laughs> With Dean paying Brooks to allow him to perform fellatio, oral sex, on the young man. So paying also is another way of silencing people and silencing victims. Um, that's This is what grooming does. It says, he's taking care of me. He's giving me money. It's fine. This is a service. People don't understand power dynamics and maturity and emotional maturity. It's a thing. Um, but then he moved back to Houston the same year. He moved back to Houston to be with his father. Uh, and around this time, like you said, Dean's mom and sister moved to Colorado following Mary's third failed marriage. I mean, she's <laughs> trying. You know, at least she could. There is some that never get one. I guess. You said, a- don't judge her. I'm, I'm, I'm divorced. Yeah, but not three times over. I mean, you never, I'm still young. <laughs> the closure <laughs> of the candy company in June 1968. So all this happened. Like he lost, he had lost his job. The candy company had closed while all this was happening. And uh, Dean, after the candy company closed, took up a job as an electrician. Like, where did he find, like, what kind of training? Don't you need to go to some kind of trade school? But yeah, that's what I'm then. thinking. Did he learn it? Was it because of his military background? He was a radio well, repairman. But that's a, there's a difference between, like, running wires and fixing a radio. <laughs> I would hate to be, like, the person that had Dean up in their house, like. He's like, come on in. He's like, oh, good, good, good. You got a little something? I see. I see you got a nice little home here. I see you got your tables all set up. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I see you got your grits cooking on the stove. That's shrimp. I think this is about to be shrimp and grits. You got four tables set. These are little baby spoons. You got a baby. You got a little youth. Ah, uh, <laughs> how old are they? Where are these wires running? In the bedrooms at all? Let me give me a tour of the house. Let me see. I gotta find them. I feel like that was Dean, and I don't want any part of that. I'm trying. Like, 
I need to make candy cane jokes about what he's doing because I am so sick right now. I'm nauseous. What? Oh, you want to hear about the candy canes? I can tell you about the candy canes. <laughs> I love candy canes. Most of the red and white striped ones, but sometimes the orange and green ones, the blue and purple ones, the sweeter ones, the blue raspberry ones. I don't oh. think I'm the only Harry on this podcast. <laughs> or Harry on this podcast. I'm not the only I Henry. just love Southern I'm, accents. I'm not the only Henry. So either way, so Dean is now essentially on his own and running unchecked. And even though Dean's mom would call her son every so often, they'd stay in contact. She, the last time she would see her son was 1968. I mean, even if mom did, did check in or was around, I think it wouldn't stop Dean because, I mean, Dean was doing Dean. Dean was doing a lot of Dean things. And mom was in denial. She was, I can't, I'm not going to do it, mom. I'm not going to do the mom voice. I was thinking about it. I was thinking <laughs> about it. You want to. I was like, well, Dean. My baby's a good baby. My baby, my baby is a good baby. My baby's a great wrong. baby. He never did nothing wrong. He was a sweet long boy. He cared about all living things. All living things. All living things. He gave all the candy to He loved boys. the little boys. He loved the little loved boys. little boys. There was that one bastard who said those bad things about my baby, and I got him up out of there real quick. Yes, I did. But no other boys. <laughs> no, not my baby. But now I'm living in the Colorado. And see, I can do a southern accent. (laughs) I was like, living in the Colorado with my little baby Joyce. You know, Joyce, she can't find a man. You know, she looks like a daddy. So (laughs) we out here working with what we got in the Rockies. And we're hoping to find a nice, rugged man to come take her away from me and give her a good life, get her good barefoot and pregnant. Meanwhile, Dean. Meanwhile, back in Houston Heights. (laughs) So, Dean. So, victim number number one. Dean doing his best impression of a 1970s Uber driver. Do you need uh, a ride? <laughs> Do you need a ride, little boy? Let's talk about it. Go ahead. I'll let you take the lead. I'm done giving voices today. <laughs> you, 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 I'm probably you, not. You, but. You, no, don't. Because <laughs> I'm quite entertained. So, um, I guess the story was that um, Cohen, his name, what was his birthday? Jeffrey Conan. Jeffrey Conan. There it is. Um, was on his way home. From where I don't really have. He was on his. It was he was going. Um, he was on his way to his parents' house. He was a uh, University of Texas freshman. Oh, okay. There he was hitchhiking is. with another student. Oh, well, and um, he didn't. <laughs> he long story short, he didn't make it home. Well, so I mean, Dean, y'all guessed it. <laughs> so, Dean, so Dean decided to take him home. I guess the offer was to take him home. Well, as, you, as you would. But so. they made a detour. Well, yeah, so he was dropped off just to give a little context. Cohen was 18 at the time, right? He was 18 years yeah, old. 18 years um, so he was, he was hitchhiking with another student. So this is where this account comes from, that mm-hmm. somebody else was with him. Mm-hmm. And they both got they got dropped off. He got dropped off at the corner of Westheimer Road and South Voss Road, near the uptown area of Houston. I know you would have the street details. Of course so you know. Fancy. But at this time, at the time of Jeffrey Conan's disappearance... Coral Dean lived in the apartment on York Street near the intersection of Westheimer Road. Mm. So this is why it was believed that yeah. Dean was there like, well, um, can I just give you a little bit of a ride? <laughs> he was like, to my parents' house? Yeah, yeah, of course, to your parents' house. That's what I meant. <laughs> to your parents' house. And, you know, 1970s, I, I guess you're trusting. <laughs> because I just think of like a light, like a like yeah, soft spoken, like, like country boy. Soft. I mean, Indiana to Tennessee to Texas to Louisiana to Texas, not even that to Georgia to Texas. This is a Southern boy through and through. So mm-hmm. he's like, I could just give you a little bit of a ride to your parents' house, of course, just to your parents' house. And Jeffrey, who is probably Southern too, was probably thinking the same thing. Like I could go, yeah, I need to go home to my parents. My mama cooking up a good old roast, and boom. Well, so. <laughs> I you got so deep in that. I, I, had to, I had to catch myself out. I had to pull myself out of that. I was, I was in the, I was in the sunken place or something. <laughs> something happened. So, we're gonna fast forward a little bit. So, Jeffrey's body was found buried at High Island Beach in High Island, Texas, on August tenth, nineteen seventy-three. Forensic scientists deduced that the young man had died of asphyxiation caused by manual strangulation in a cloth, a cloth gag that had been placed in his mouth. The body was buried beneath a huge boulder covered with lime wrapped in plastic naked and bound at the hands and at the feet, suggesting that he had been sexually violated prior to his death. Now, this isn't even the surface of the horrors that Dean Coral was capable of. And his good buddy, his long-standing uh, candy buddy, David Brooks, would soon find out that he wasn't the only victim 
Mm-mm. of Dean's. Now, is that true? Is that false? What? <laughs> I was like, no. We, we have to talk about victimhood here. And I want to, and this is where I have to be the social worker. I have to step outside of myself and be like, look here. He got out of the, the Southern accent and now right. he's going to give you social worker. Right. Look, Dean, Dean was a predator and David was a victim. Regardless of David, you think David's old enough, smart enough to receive money in return for, for being fellatiate, fellatiate, fellated? Candy canes. For be- no, he wasn't being fucked. Um, oh God! Oh. <laughs> but I he was for even though you think he was maybe old enough to make the decision to get paid to be blown. He was David was still a victim. Still a he was kid. still he wasn't he. You know he did things to live. Like obviously, you know he had no family that really cared about him. D- Dean was all he had. Dean was his one constant. Mm-hmm. So you do things that make sense, or sometimes that don't make sense to us. Well, unfortunately, David uh, walked. Unfortunately, David walked into uh, Coral in the act of assaulting two teenage boys, boys, which Coral had strapped to plywood wood and torture. So, Daddy had a little secret. Don't call him Daddy. Well, like because he saw him as a father figure. I'm know, not even being but, problematic. For well, I don't even think. Time. I don't even think that <laughs> Daddy had a secret. I think that David was aware that <laughs> Dean didn't care because he's blowing a 16 year old. Like he knows that something like that. That Daddy shit. <laughs> He knows that he's His a little bit off. Figure. Let me be social he worker. knows that Dean isn't, you know, isn't really concerned about age of consent. No, but this is, <laughs> he's not, this is a torture board now. This is a whole different So level. now we, now we've upgraded to we a torture up, board. We've upgraded to a torture board. So, so Coral promised Brooks a car in return for his silence and Brooks accepted the offer. Of course. And you know, you do course. what you got to do if you have nothing. I just, mean, so, I'm sorry, social worker, just keep... Sorry, continue. I apologize. I, I will not be a social worker on this episode. Not at all. I'm apparently not. No, no. Not after Michelle. I was triggered. <laughs> <laughs> I was in social worker mode and I had to cuddle myself after. Um, so Cora brought him a green Chevy Corvette. That's that's a and fancy that's car. A, it's sexy yeah, in the seventies. Yeah. It's, I mean yeah, and, it make, and he was young. Yeah, he was really young and now this plays into it. So I'll I'll Gonna toss alley oop this to me. So later, David was told by Dean that (laughs) Dean had killed the two boys he had seen him assaulting, abusing, and offered David two hundred dollars for any boy he could lure into Dean's apartment. And so this is what's fucked up. Is I thought this was kind of you know pre planning. Mm -hmm. This is something he bought David an attractive car, a cool car. Knowing that that would make, because remember when you got your first car, weren't you the cool friend that everybody wanted to get rides from and hang out with? I never even thought about that. Like, yeah, you weren't buying him the car for For him, just to keep him silent, it was a means to an end. Yeah. So not only could David, not only was David cool and attracting young, impressionable boys, but he was also now had the means of bringing those boys to David's house. He had really good problem solving skills. Dean he's, could have been somebody. Dean, he had he the was, skill set, and he apparently had he had the nice southern charm to be anything he wanted to be. You know what? I, you know what that voice is? What? Dean Coral is essentially Jeff Sessions. I think that's exactly, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the voice yeah. I'm doing. Holy yeah. fuck! Yeah. I was like, why does this sound familiar? It's so Jeff, it's Sessions. Jeff Sessions. You know me. I sat in, I sat in the center in Alabama for a long, long. I'm, I'm sure wait, they were friends. You got to do that. Long time. <laughs> and I, I, I don't recall Dean personally, but I do know that we may or may not have shared space <laughs> in a few places. I don't want to lie to you. I don't want to oh, lie to you, Senator, you. but I would tell you that President Trump and Dean Coral was never, never, ever in the same room together. I wish I could have. Are you Snapchatting me? I am definitely recording this. This is Dean Coral's and Jeff Sessions' love baby. <laughs> they call me Candy Sesh. <laughs> Fuck a candy crush. Either way. Yes. That's the accent I'm doing and I can't take it anymore. I'm it's so tired. literally hilarious. <laughs> I love it. It's Jeff Sessions. <laughs> so what we're going to do next episode, I'm not going to do the voice anymore. I have to wait till part two. But Part two, it will be back because <laughs> I gonna... need it in my life. <laughs> So episode like episode <laughs> three, part two, <laughs> we gonna talk about a lot of things, including Dean's means of dispatching these young boys. So we talked a little bit about the torture board. We're gonna get into that. We're gonna talk about the party house that would make kids want to show up to Dean's place 
And we're going to talk about the torture mobile this motherfucker drove. Dean had the whole setup. He knew what he was doing. Dean is a process killer, is yeah. what he is. Yeah. Dean, Dean, a lot of his victims were bound, tortured, raped, killed, and disposed of the exact same way. In the exact same place. He was very consistent, and that's probably why he had such a high number and kept it going and and right away and without and with young and and this is we're also going to talk next episode about the the lack of effort in the houston police department yes (laughs) because a lot of other things a lot of kids were going missing in the heights and i'm I'm saying 20 i mean whatever i just 27 kids go missing and not 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 to say that there weren't parents raising hell because they were but there was a but part of the houston problem houston heights problem is it was a very low income area and a lot of kids were going they were hopping trains to go to work they were working on they were taking buses and you know hitchhiking to shipyards and working shipyards and coming back months later to earn money Mm -hmm. like things like this weren't it wasn't rare for kids to disappear but it was rare for your kids to leave notes every other week a new kid is leaving a note talking about running away to go find work that is so strange and the police department had the same note with the same handwriting i mean right with the same with the same red and white candy cane tied to no (laughs) you you see you're losing a candy cane now hey that stop it but hey, no problematic that's exactly what we're doing so we're going to talk about the party we're going to talk about the party house we're going to talk about the torture bus or mm-hmm. torture van we're going to talk about the torture board he had mm-hmm. and not only that we're going to talk about how david drew and convinced these kids to uh, share space with a creepy jeff sessions yes a creepier jeff sessions yes but so that's next episode. That's part two. And I feel like we might have, end up doing a part three. Like, yeah, I feel like, uh, yeah. I mean, 20, 28 more victims to talk what about. Are we, are we hitting an hour? We're, we're, we're running up on 15 minutes an hour. So, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe, maybe because we didn't go. There's so much more. Right. Mr. Coral. There, Dean and his mother and, and all his candy canes and all his candy canes. Can we just refer to his victims as candy canes? Because no, I feel that's... terrible, but it's also uh, fun. No, that's more problematic than me. Because then you're going to say he licked the candy cane. I was not going to say he licked <laughs> the candy cane. I will. So, so don't try to put so that. That's where my so mind is. Next, next week, we're going to have a conversation about projection <laughs> as well. So, no, I'm really excited to get into this. I love Dean. I love I love gay killers because they're not, there aren't that many high profile ones. They exist. There are tons of them. Okay. Um, I want to do, um, what's his name? Luca, Luca Magnata. You remember the guys like he was like one like two kittens one hammer that stuff like in the early oh, like yeah. mid to two thousands yeah like he oh, was in Canada Toronto yeah. like he was like, self obsessed he yeah. got all the plastic surgery I really like there like, there are some fucked up yeah. gay killers out there and I'm excited to talk about them like the ones that don't get all the play I like the really sick people so yeah the one the ones who I like the ones that don't make sense yeah. like Dean Quarrel as a serial killer didn't no, that make just sense makes it, he has no like there was predetermin- no sign. predetermined personality like things that would make him qualified to for right. him to do what he did did he i don't i don't and remember reading so, about whether or not he harmed small animals no, or lit things on fire or wet the bed not, like the trifecta i think because like i said we're all get, getting the story like you said that we're getting the story though like from other people we may not know the whole story right because i mean it's really surprising for him not to show any signs. And, you know, it would be him for him to tell us if he did, I think. Because I think he hid himself so well that if he did. Being a gay dude in the 1960s, 1970s, Texas, yeah. Indiana, and being in the military, these hyper-masculine spaces. I'm sure he was good at hiding. Yeah. Again, I just feel like he I was. I mean, 20, his... 29 victims, he's good at hiding. Or good at or good at being yeah good at being invisible and going by unnoticed. Everyone knew Dean. You had yeah. to know. You knew his mama. It's a small town. Cor- you know the Coral Candy, candy company. company. You knew who he was. It was All just his... he was just too good of a guy to be that guy. Candy Gay Bay. Candy Gay Bay. Fuck you, Candy Gay Bay. <laughs> I'm there. That's where my brain is. Um. <laughs> I need to not talk about kids anymore. <laughs> well. Unfortunately, a lot of serial killers prey on the the more vulnerable, the yeah. their easier uh, marks. So we're gonna get a lot of children. We're gonna get a lot of women. Yeah, you know, and men are trash. I wanted to so see the women serial killers, which there wasn't that many. There are, but they they tend to be 
black Good. widows and yeah, nurses yeah, yeah, and yeah. which are just as interesting so i'm excited because it's a whole different type of kill oh we've got time mm-hmm. we've got time and a half they have to really share space and they're mm-hmm. they're a special kind of fucked up because mm-hmm. they're loving on these people or mm-hmm. pretending to love on these people mm-hmm. and care for these people while slowly poisoning, poisoning them, them. Mm-hmm. or killing them on trips and throwing them off cliffs yep. you gotta do what you gotta do like i said men are trash so we're going to wrap this up and we'll see you on New Year's Day We're gonna give with you part some two. Murder in your New Year's. A Happy, lot, of, an actual lot Happy of murder, a lot of torture. It's like New Year, dead you. Yeah. So get excited for it. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Yes. Right? Yes. Somewhat. So where can we find you? Me? Yes. Where? Oh, God. Well, well, well. <laughs> I'll tell you right where you can find me. <laughs> you can sure? find me on Twitter, on the Instagram, and that snap of the chat. Right there? All that there? All, all, that the, there. all those there? You can tell them one name. It's one name. It's Charnel B. It's C-H-A-R-N-E-I-L-B. Um, you can find me there. You can follow my other show, What About Your Friends? It's at W-A-Y-F underscore podcast. That's available on Apple Podcasts, Soundcasts, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Yeah. Where can people find you? All over, boo. So I'm on Unspoken Citizen you Podcast. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're a bit of a Yankee. Look at you. I don't have the accent. All over, boo. I'm um, sorry. That must be that New York set of standards and beliefs. You could hear my problematic self on Unspoken Citizen Podcast, where I'm even more problematic than ever. <laughs> you could find me on Instagram. I would and- say inflammatory more than problematic. I'm problematic because here. I you're problematic here <laughs> over there. You just have very strong political beliefs, and that makes you inflammatory. Sure. Is a sure, I guess. Provoking, maybe. Thought-provoking. Provocative. Thought, There's yeah, the word I'm yeah. looking for. I mean, Sorry, tell no, people where they can locate no you. No holds barred. <laughs> um, on Twitter, on Instagram, it's D underscore light. That's L-I-G-H-T four. Um, you can find me. I'm around. Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty it. much it. Wow. So you can <laughs> you can find the podcast on Twitter at what did you do pod and on Instagram at what did you do pod. And if there is a case, a killer that you want to talk about, you can email it to us. And the email address is what did you do pod at gmail dot com. Also, you guys have been listening. Don't forget to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts because right, we need them stars. I'm a five star. I'm a five star recruit, baby. I'm a five star bitch. Okay. You remember uh, that song? I'm a f- no. Oh my god, it was like a, it was like all these. Okay. No, we'll talk about it another time. So yeah, Anyways. check us out. Like rate us five times review. You can find what did you do on Apple Podcasts? Find us on SoundCloud. Find us on Stitcher and on Google Play. I was gonna say Google Play. And on Google Play, we're all over the place. You might just find us on Spotify one let, day. Let it happen. Let it happen. Let I'm happen. pray pray for us and pray for Spotify and pray for us individually because we need help. I mean, I so. need all the help. Find us there. So really, guys, until the new year, I can't believe we're not going to see that we're going to talk to you guys to the new year. But thank yeah. you for listening. The first episode got a lot of love, and we yes, really we appreciate did. that. Yes. So if you are listening, again, please don't forget to review. Tell your friends about what did you do. Let us scratch your friends' true crime itch as well as yours. And don't show go- love to other shows. Right. Lo- show love to what about your friends yeah, and your unspoken citizen. It's going to be... F- <laughs> show some love. It's going to be... We're, we're doing great things, I think. And this is so much fun. I'm so glad that my brain feels like it's at ease after I talk about this stuff. Right. So I'm super excited for part two. So check us out there. So until we talk to you guys next time, please keep your hands and your minds clean. 